And good morning again. Good to see everybody out this morning. Let's see here. Looks like Children's Church, uh, Travis and Patricia Singleton have got that. So uh, 12 and under, the ones to head over for Children's Church. Encourage you to head on over. And for those uh, that are here with us today and here with me, 349, softly and tenderly, we'll use that as our our hymn of invitation this morning. I didn't see him until we had started our song service, but I would be remiss in my duties if I did not let everyone know that Brother Dave Maltzen and his family, some of his family, Amy and her husband, are here with us. So you be sure to, to go back and say hello to Dave uh, after services is over. Always good to have him with us and his family, certainly. And good morning again to everybody. If you're logging into Facebook or onto YouTube, uh, we want to welcome you and, and also invite you, along with any visitors we may have this morning, to be here with us in person. It's always good to have you here, and it's always a uh, privilege for me to share in God's Word with you. And if you're considering a church home somewhere, looking for a church home, we'd like for you to consider us here at Locust Group. The Heart of Christmas. That's what we've looked at for the past couple of weeks. First, if you recall, the hope, the hope that the birth of Jesus Christ brings to us, even today. And then peace, last week, how that we could, could be at peace because of who he is, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us, and, and what that is. And then today, we're going to look at another uh, Thing, a third thing that is at the heart of Christmas, and that is joy. So hope, peace, and joy. All, all familiar things with Christmas. And uh, it can be easy to, uh, to get lost, really, in all of the gifts and the decorations. And, and this week, I know we've, I've had an extremely busy week with, with holiday parties uh, and gatherings and stuff, and we, we've had a a very busy schedule and it's easy one and for those that have done that this week or maybe planning it it's easy to get lost in that isn't it and to find yourself caught up in, in all the hustle and bustle of the things that we do for Christmas and for just a moment in time forget why we worship at Christmas and uh, certainly that was the opportunity there Jesus was born to bring gifts, the gifts of hope and peace and joy and love, which we will, I'll tease that for next week's our Christmas sermon. What brings you joy? Think about that just for a minute. What brings you joy? Is it someone, you're in the drive-thru at, uh, at Hardee's to get a, a breakfast biscuit and the car in front of you says, I'll take care of that one. Uh, I'll pay for theirs behind me. And you pull up and you find out, well, the car in front of you just pays for that. That bring you joy. How about an unexpected bonus maybe at work that, that you were going to get and that, that you didn't realize and wasn't expecting? What about, as they're talking about, what about a white Christmas? Does that bring us joy? What about the gatherings or whatever that you've been thinking of, what brings you joy? Because so many times, joy is connected by our circumstances. When things are going well, we feel good. When things are going bad or poorly, we feel bad. 
Our joy, if it's connected that way, has highs and lows, doesn't it? Because we're not always getting someone to buy our breakfast every day of the week through, through the drive-thru. We're not always having white Christmases. We're not always getting Christmas bonuses or whatever it is that you thought about that brought you joy. In fact, those things that I did mention are considered circumstances of our situations. And there's a difference, and I want us to understand that, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on our circumstances, not something we always feel. Expensive gifts, good food, parties, celebrations, and Christmas lights, they can all bring happiness to us, and they do, but those go away, don't they? After January, you know, after after Christmas, and for a lot of folks, between the week between Christmas and, and New Year's, the trees come down, the decorations go up uh, back towards you stored them so that you can get ready to go back to work. Some linger, some never take them down. They they have their lights up all year. I guess that way they can have that joy all year, and that's okay too. That happiness, I should say. But all of those things are temporary. Joy, however, comes from within. Joy is something that is inside of us. And as I mentioned earlier, what you would think about really would be considered happiness. But that joy is from within. It goes beyond what happens to us. It goes beyond the circumstances that we find ourselves in to be the root of the good that God causes to come into our life. That is the basis and root of that joy. And that's what fills our heart with joy. And that's how that we can have joy in the absence of happy circumstances. Because joy is never temporary for the Christian. Really, if we, if we concentrate and think about the blessings that God has given us. Joy is there while happiness has run away. That circumstance has disappeared. And this is the joy of Jesus. And this is the joy of this season. And this is what Christ brings to us when he comes being born in that manger. It's the joy of forgiveness. It's the joy of God's grace. It's the joy of love and the joy of mercy that only God can hand out as a present to us. That's where joy is rooted. We're all familiar with the account of Jesus' birth in Matthew and Luke the manger, the shepherds, the wise men, the star, the angels, all of those are part of that, their accounts of Jesus' birth. One that we may not be too familiar with is in the Gospel of John. It's his account of Jesus' birth. And that's where this morning's message is going to be based out of. So if you would, turn with me over to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And the Christmas story is one verse long. One verse, as John records it, verse 14, 1, 14, Gospel of John. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now in this description, we're told that God in Jesus had put on flesh the word had become flesh he became like us 
He became the perfect embodiment of the scripture. And in that, this passage gives us two reasons for our joy that doesn't have to change, why it doesn't have to change with the seasons or shift with our circumstances. Joy can be and should be constant in our lives when we are grounding it in the attitude in the, in the fact and face, look at what the world offers. Because everything in this world that brings us happiness is temporary. I don't care what you attach it to. Everything that the world offers, every material blessing that we call blessings, uh, material things or, or circumstances, those are all temporary. What we just read about God's uh, grace and truth are permanent. Joy, we can have joy because God came to us. Over in James, his letter, verse 1, or chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, he writes this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And one of the greatest things that steals our joy is the misconception that you have to be good enough or you have to do enough good works in order to be pleasing and acceptable to God. Well, I've got news for you. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because oftentimes people take this scripture and twist it. And they say, oh, well, if you're having trouble in your life, you must not be in the right relationship with God. If you're not receiving these blessings, you must not have the right relationship with God. And that's not what James writes here, is it? He says we're supposed to count it joy when we go through trials and tribulations because it builds our patience. And that patience, as we know from other writers, says patience and it, that endurance of patience builds our faith as well. So the idea that Christians never have trials or troubles is a lie of the devil. Let me just tell you that and clear that up right now. Because we're a messy people. We're messy. We hurt each other. We say things that we shouldn't say. We do things that we shouldn't do. We do things that we know we shouldn't do. But yet, God came to us in spite of that. In spite of the fact that we are messy. And that's what I want us to understand. That if you think, or if you build that connection, or that relationship with God on something that you yourself are able to do, you're going to be disappointed. Because we're never going to be good enough. We're never going to not make a mistake. We're never not going to say something we shouldn't say. We're never not going to do something we shouldn't do. Oh, those will decrease as we mature in Christ. But we'll never be perfect in those things. But because of that, because of the fact that we go through hard times, we can still have joy. And when we're in those difficult times, and many of you will understand what I'm saying when I say this, when you're in the midst of a difficulty, you can actually see God coming closer to you. Or you drawing closer to God. And that is a cause for joy. Because there are so many people in this world today that do not have that ability in the times of difficulty and distress and trouble and know that they can go to God in prayer, that they can have the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in their lives to get them through whatever that situation is that we are unhappy with, but it does not destroy our joy. 
So God came to us. We can have joy like that. Just when like Christ was born. You ever think about that? When Christ was born, he, God was never nearer to man. What, well, what do you mean, Rob? Well, he walked on the earth. He was just like you and I. He was just like all those messy people that he came and lived with who's just like us today. Yeah, we dress different. We have different customs. We drive in cars where they walked or had uh, animals to ride, but we're still just messy people. And God came to be with us. That's cause for joy because God's never really far from us when we seek him. When we feel tempted to feel hopeless in a situation, just remember that God came to us, came to this earth. So joy is at the heart of Christmas because knowing that we could never go to him, we could never come to him and be pleasing enough, he came to us through the form of a baby. Now if we look over in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, premier scripture for us. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he did exactly that. And while we were yet sinners, God came to us in the form of a baby. And we can have that joy. We'll not always be happy. I don't want you to think that. I don't want you to, to think that I have the misconception that we're just going to walk around happy every day of our life. Because that's just not, a, that's just not true. But we can certainly be filled with joy every day of our life as Christians. Because we have to realize and understand in here, we have to get it in our heads that there is a difference, a great separation between happiness and joy. They are separate things. Happiness is based off of contentment around your circumstances, things that happen around you. Joy is based off the fact of what's inside of our hearts because of what God did to us, for us, by coming here on this earth while we were yet sinners. That he sent his son to teach us, to be an example for us, to live and die for us, to be resurrected for us so that we might have the hope of salvation. That is what builds our joy. A home in heaven's eternity builds that joy. And our second point is we can have this joy because God loves us just as we are. Just as we are. Who, who's ever heard of this scripture, John 3, 16? Anybody familiar with that scripture at all? It's probably the most quoted, put on placards at ball games and sporting events that you, of any scripture known to man. But it is proof of what I just said, that God loves us just the way we are. Because it says in John 3, 16, and actually 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now listen to 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, that though the world through him might be saved. So that little baby did not come into the world to condemn us. That little baby whose birth that we're going to celebrate one week from today, uh, he came that we might be saved. Did it have any conditions on there that said as long as people uh, do enough good works or do enough good deeds or are there good enough people before he? No. God made no conditions. 
Because he loves us just the way we are. And because of the way that we are, Jesus had to come. Because we could never be good enough. We couldn't follow the law. We couldn't do those things as well. In fact, John here is talking about the love that God has for us. is like the father that has the love for the child. Jesus came from the father full of grace and truth. And when he came here for us, he came full of that grace. Like that wrapped gift that uh, is shared from one to another. Just a week away, maybe maybe on Saturday night, some families have the tradition that you open up on Christmas Eve, but nonetheless, that doesn't diminish the excitement and the happiness that we have from opening those gifts, does it? Whether we open it on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, late Christmas afternoon, we still are happy to receive those gifts. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're really essentially unwrapping a gift that God has given to us as well. But not only has he given us a gift that will make us happy for the moment, it will give us joy for eternity. And there's the big difference in those things, that we're filled with joy. And he gives it to us because he loves us, even as we are. Now, he came full of truth as well. Remember, John had mentioned that he was full of grace and truth. Well, what would that truth be? Well, the truth of God's word, remember? The word became flesh. And because of that truth, because of that love, because of that grace, we are able to change. That truth shows us areas in our lives that must be transformed in order to live our fullest life. Remember, Jesus said, so that our joy may be full. And we can have full joy, that transformative joy as well. So look with me over in John where he wrote 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Now, how do we live through, through Christ? We put on Christ, right? We try to become more like Christ each and every day of our lives. And we try to, to, uh, to reach that perfection. Are we going to be perfect? No, we're not going to be perfect. Should we be people striving? Yes. Should we be people that just throw up our hands and say, oh, I was just born that way, I can't change? No, that's a cop-out that I don't think the Lord's going to accept. Because the Holy Spirit and God working through the Holy Spirit can change us from all the undesirable things to the things that are desirable. We may have to work a little harder. It may be a little more deeply rooted within ourselves. But we can change. We can do things differently. Because here's what you have to understand. He loves us just like we are, but he will not leave us like we are. When we allow God to work in our lives, when we allow the Holy Spirit and the Word, you have to be in the Word. You have to understand the Word and study it to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, to effect that change. But when we do that, you can't help but change. When you realize what the gift that Jesus has brought to us and what 
He sacrificed just for our benefit. You can't help but change. Well, I can't be that way anymore because Jesus died for me. Jesus came here and, and, and gave me an example to follow, and i got to follow it. It's going to be tough because it's deeply rooted within who I am. But we're changed. We're raised that new creation when we come up out of the baptismal. We put on Christ. We buried the old man. Those things that are so deeply rooted within us, those we are proclaiming, I bury that. And I am raised a new creation in Christ. And I've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in me so that I can change. And that's joyful, folks. That's cause for joy. To know that I don't have to walk around with all that messy stuff that, that defined me before. Now Christ defines who I am. And I want to strive to be more like him. He loves us just like we are, but he won't leave us like we are. And praise him for it. Because the joy in our lives is a result of that grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes this in verses 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of your own, of your, yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, and listen to this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So the only way that we can do good works is when we do that in the name of Jesus because we have Jesus within us and transforming us. Those are good works. When we're out there doing things to bring glory and honor to Jesus, then those are the good works that is produced in that. It has nothing to do with the salvation. Because of our salvation, we strive to do good works. Not reversed. Have you ever done something wrong? Sure, we all have. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever done something wrong and got caught? Or you got called out, maybe at work, and you were really, really dreading the consequences? Sweaty palms, maybe even a little sick at your stomach because you knew it was going to be bad. You knew, well, I, I, I shouldn't have done this, and, and, and I got caught, and, and this is going to be bad. And the person in authority, whatever it was, mom and dad, boss, husband, wife, whatever the case was, they come to you and they acknowledge what you've done and you have to fess up to it. And they just simply say, they just can't be repeated ever in your life again moving forward, I forgive you. That is grace, okay? You ever wondered what an example of grace was? It's unmerited favor from God is the definition of that. Now, that's not to say that, that we're not going to feel bad. Okay? That's not to say that we may not have to make an apology. Or in the case for a Christian, that's not to say that, that sin following us around and hanging over us, finally, we, you know, there's actually some relief when it comes to being discovered for doing something wrong because what you can do is you can throw the shackles of that off with confession and the asking of forgiveness. And many times we see grace. We see grace in that forgiveness. And that's what God gave to us was his grace in his forgiveness for us. No one, no, no, no one in mankind ever 
Not me, not you, not the best person that you can think of, either in history or that you know, deserves God's grace. None of us deserve God's grace, but yet he gave it to us. He gave us all that unmerited favor with the, with the birth of his son Jesus. Because from that point on, we had hope. And because we had hope, we could have peace within ourselves. And because that we were, had hope and were at peace about what the work of Jesus Christ was, we now can have joy. We can be joyful people, even in circum when circumstances are not happy. We can still be sad, like the loss of a loved one or, or during a bad circumstance. We can be a little worried about those things, but that shouldn't destroy our joy because our joy is not based on those circumstances. Our joy is based on the eternity of Christ's work in all of us. He sent Jesus to a manger in Bethlehem because he wanted to dwell among us to demonstrate the amazing grace that he has and that life-changing truth. And we can enjoy that without respect of our circumstances. We can be confident in knowing that God is with us. Remember, Jesus left, but he said that he, would, he had to leave. Why? So that the Comforter could come. Another could come. We know who that is? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So as long as Jesus was here, we had God in the flesh. And when Jesus left, he promised, and he is here, folks. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit should reside in every Christian. God's with us. God's for us. That's a lot of joy there now to think about that. That God is for you. He's for me. Because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. God's for us. Charles Spurgeon, a great theologian, said this. And this is not terribly lengthy, but about a paragraph and a half. There is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful. But this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. One dolorous spirit brings a kind of a plague into a house. One person who is wretched seems to stop all the birds from singing wherever he goes. But the grace of joy is contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. Anyone can find happiness for a while. Happiness depends on what's happening to you. Joy is different. Joy goes deeper. Joy is when your whole being sings because you have caught a glimpse of God at work. Joy can creep up on you and surprise you in unexpected places. Let us seek out joy. As he says in this quote, you can't see it, I'm sorry. Uh, this present joy of Christians, or the best joy of Christians, is to give joy 
to Christ. And how do we do that? By first accepting him as our Savior and then living for him as our Savior, that new creation. So this Christmas, I pray that you find the joy because of the love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus. And it holds the power to change us and it, it can change the world as well. And we have to understand that. That is what this world is missing and that is what Jesus Christ came to give is joy. You can go about any place in the world and temporarily find people being happy. But when you go to look for joy that is built in the soul, that is built in the confidence of God's love for mankind, for his creation, that's a more rare thing. So I hope you find that joy. I hope you know that joy of Christ. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, the source of our joy, if you don't know him as our Savior, I want to invite you to consider today. You've heard the word. If you believe it and you're willing to repent of your sins and confess Jesus as your Savior, be willing to be buried with him in the likeness of Christ's death and baptism, receiving forgiveness of those sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, God with us. Raise that new creation, walking forward a joyful person. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation, and I invite you to come for that today. Now, maybe life circumstances, you are attaching your happiness, or let me say that, I said it backwards. You're attaching your joy to your happiness. And I hope that we have been able to separate that out this morning. You may not be happy at your, with your circumstances, but if you're a Christian, you should be joyful. And maybe if you, if you have forgotten that or whatever has happened, you've not allowed that joy to, to, to come out, as Charles Spurgeon said, to be contagious to others. Is this not the season when we most of all should be contagious with joy? I mean, we were contagious with enough stuff. What if we changed things around? We were contagious with joy. And maybe people would not want to run from us. Oh, I don't want to catch that joy coming off of them. Well, joy will defeat a mask. Mask can't stop joy. Medicine can't stop joy. Joy is going to infect people when we show joy to people. Now, we're going to sing this hymn of invitation softly and tenderly uh, the first and second verse and I want to encourage you to come as we stand and sing if you have a decision to make would you come please <laughs>